Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? You told us when it could be time to panic. Well, is it time to panic? Well, let me just tell you, folks, it's never going to be time to panic because we're never going to give up. We're not going to give up on America. America is worth it. America is worth it fighting for. America's worth not giving up. And while we have that attitude of not giving up, we are constantly going to be searching, strategizing, coming up with ways to prevail. We've got the basics. We have we have millions and millions of Americans that are fed up. Can't wait to do something about it. There will be a series of ideas that people come up with based on Dealing with the fraud that we know we have to deal with. You're not alone. You're not a singular individual all by yourself out there trying to fight these people by yourself. There are 74 million plus and growing. We're not going to give up on America. From sea to shining sea. Three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. My goodness, this day is going so quickly. Welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio program. As always, we are honored to spend time with you today. God, I woke up this morning, got this tweet. Jim Jordan, head of House Judiciary Committee, bombshell report, he says, on the censorship industrial complex. Bombshell is overused, like shocking is overused, because I feel like nothing anymore is either. But I understand the vein in which he was tweeting this. Hundreds of secret reports show how the Department of Homeland Securities and the CISA, you know, the cybersecurity and infrastructure security of SOC apparatus, the State Department and Stanford and others worked together to censor Americans before the 2020 election, including true information, jokes, And opinions. And I was like, wait, what? And it's a thread. And by the way, it's been seen. You ready for this, Brock? 32 million times. What? Good. Yes. Needs to be seen 32 more, 32 million more times. 100%. New York Post. New emails show Department of Homeland Security created Stanford disinfo group that censored speech before the 2020 election. How many of you in the last several years have been punished for what you've written, have been punished for things that you've posted, things that are not outrageous, things that are not even wrong? And somebody out there wielding a magic wand of power decided that you need to be put in time out. I know for a fact when I got banned, banned, permanent lifetime ban on YouTube. Wow, you must have been sharing some really awful, terrible material. Well, no. I was giving you data from the CDC's website. 
data during COVID, data that the CDC didn't want you to know about, data that disproved their fervent request that you get vaccinated, data that disproved that children were walking Petri dishes, conduits of infection, all of it, data, 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 data. I spent endless hours on data. YouTube said, well, sorry, I don't like your data. Perma ban. Brock got banned before he even could start a page. He's like, well, I mean, shoot, you got banned. Facebook is banning us. Twitch banned us. Well, uh, maybe I should start my own Facebook page or my own YouTube channel. And so he did. Which goes to show how bad they did it. They went by the internet, the, so the IP address. Mm-hmm. Because when I set it up, I set it up at the studio where mm-hmm. we... So they went by the IP. They didn't even go by the username. They went by the IP address. Because you're connected to me and I'm connected to, you know, data, which is dangerous and contrary to a narrative of suck, I'm dangerous. Damn right I'm dangerous. Because the truth is dangerous when democracy dies in darkness. Let's read about this. New York Post... New emails show officials at the Department of Homeland Security created a Stanford University disinformation group that censored American speech before the 2020 election. This is according to a House Judiciary Committee report exclusively obtained by The Post. The House panel's 104-page staff interim report says never-before-seen emails and internal communications were obtained from the group known as the Election Integrity Partnership. Don't you love the names? It makes it sound like they're doing something worthy, but they really aren't. And show how it worked with the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency to flag, suppress, and remove online speech in coordination with big tech companies. No, we're not. Nuh-uh, yaha, nuh-uh, yaha. That was the majority of our time during COVID. All we wanted was decent information. All we wanted was news we could depend upon. And that is how the citizen journalist was born. That is how James O'Keefe carved out his own niche. That's how Tucker Carlson has carved his path and countless of others more. One of the EIP's founding partners, that's the Election Integrity Partnership, the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab described the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency's central role in the alleged censorship effort in a July 31st, 2020 email. It says this. I know the council has a number of efforts on broad policy around the elections, but we just set up an election integrity partnership at the request of DHS and CISA and are in weekly comms to debrief about disinfo. The lab's senior director, Graham Brookie, wrote. So you've got your federal government creating a bogus entity through which quote-unquote disinformation will be will be fought we're going to tackle it we're going to protect you because you're in danger well the only thing you're in danger of is learning the truth and realizing how much the people who lie to you every day suck 
I know the council has a, a number of efforts on broad policy around the elections, but we just set this this system up to debrief about disinfo. The staff report says the federal government and universities pressured social media companies to censor true information, jokes, and political opinions. That's why we can have a young man who put out a meme about today's election day, unless you're a Democrat or you're voting for Hillary, in which case they'll be ready to take you at the polls on Wednesday. Right? Obviously a joke. He was thrown in jail for that. For years! Wow. This pressure was largely directed in a way that benefited one side of the political aisle. No, duh. True information posted by Republicans and conservatives was labeled misinformation, while false information posted by Democrats and liberals was largely unreported and untouched by the censors. You know, I think it's prudent that we take a step back every now and again, and we realize how tremendously far we've come. How much crap these morons, these corrupt, crybaby weaklings have thrown at us, how they've stymied us, how they've tried to to tape our mouths shut and vilify us for showing up at school board meetings or going to church and praying and receiving the Eucharist, how they've demonized parents, demonized believers, vilified people who believe in the sanctity of life. They needed this to stop us, and it still didn't work. You were put in jail. You were put in time out. You were banned. Your voice was silenced because you told the truth. And then conversely, these same outfits worked to squelch true conversation about that laptop, which gave us everything we already knew. Now, I appreciate the time that this committee spent. The Freedom of Information Act requests that citizens, citizens who hold people to account went to get this information. My question to you is, how do you stop it? How do you root out a cancer? How do you cut it so that it cannot thrive anymore? How do you eliminate its final vestiges from the soft tissue of this country? I don't know. This is a monster report. It is all over online. And it goes on and on and on in dizzying detail about the people who've been punished and silenced and thrown in prison for doing nothing more than exercising their rights. When we come back, certainly the censorship isn't just here in this regard, in this report. There's more to drop on you and that we shall next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. 
Even just thinking about how we have been victims of this censorship debacle. Before we hit all of the radio stations that this program presently airs on, we did this program via exclusively social media. And several years ago, our options were relatively limited. It was Facebook or pretty much nothing. And I had built up a pretty robust, we had built up a pretty robust following, more than 300,000 followers, until Facebook got a hold of what we were doing and they were not pleased that I was sharing conservative values. They were not pleased that I had a BS board where I was detailing what they were saying and then debunking it based on their own data, which they had buried in the CDC's websites. And so they started shadow banning us. It started that way. And then it started to get a little bit more serious. Our reach went to zero. And we actually were cut off one day during the show. We had to hopscotch around and Brock would have to put on his Facebook page. Hey, people who watch our show, follow us today when the show begins at this time. Tomorrow, it'll be another time because we wanted to try to throw off all of the people who were censoring us. Why do you have to go through hoops? If I was a liberal talking about how much Donald Trump was a threat to democracy, I would have gotten top billing. They would have cleared other people away and said, please, how can we promote you? So who are the people who have been censored? Well, you know the names. Trump, Jack Posobiec, Charlie Kirk, prominent conservatives censored on social media during the 2020 election. And I know the article says new bombshell house report reveals, but there's nothing bombshell about this. We know we suffered through it. Why do you think we're fighting? Why do you think every single day I show up? Why do you think I'm working on Thanksgiving? Because there's not a day to take off. This fight is that serious. And when everybody else decides to to put in a best of show on Thanksgiving Thursday and Black Friday the day after, Brock and I will be here. Why? Because it's that important. Because I'm not going down without fighting with Atlas every inch of my soul. Here are some more of the names that Jim Jordan revealed in this Concerted effort involving the federal government, disinformation experts from academic institutions, big tech companies, and other parties collaborating through the election integrity partnership to monitor and suppress conservatives' free speech during the pivotal 2020 election. Look, if you've got a candidate who's that freaking awesome and Joe Biden, who got 81 million votes by never, ever once getting out of his basement, or what, three times, to, to go to a gym where, where 15 people were sitting in chairs with circles around them, like children, here you sit here, and then you sit there. Here's your hand sanitizer. How offensive. The House report entitled The Weaponization of Disinformation, Pseudo-Experts and Bureaucrats. How the federal government partnered with universities to censor Americans' political speech. What, what, do, what do colleges and universities, what's their value anymore? What is your value? I don't see it. Among the names, real Donald Trump, Senator Tom Tillis, Newt Gingrich, Governor Mike Huckabee, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Sean Hannity. 
People I don't know, Charlie Kirk, real Candace Owens, Jack Posobiec, Benny Johnson, Tom Fitton, the Babylon Beat, guarantee you, us. One of the key targets of the alleged monitoring and censorship campaign, obviously, human events host and senior editor Jack Posobiec. He's been out there, dogged. It's like Turning Point USA. It's like any of these forces who've been out there like we have trying to share the truth. This should alarm the living hell out of everybody in this country, regardless of your pro, uh, political proclivities, because it's so thoroughly and fundamentally antithetical to our First Amendment. But are you surprised? No, not surprised. Tired of not being surprised. How quickly can it be unraveled? Donald Trump says he can go into Ukraine and he can end that war with Russia in 24 hours. Zelensky desperate to keep the gravy train moving. Invited Trump to come. Please come. He knows Trump's the guy. So he's going to try to, he's going to try to snuggle up next to him. Come. Trump said, no, I'm not going to intervene. You already have the Biden administration working on your behalf and I'm not going to present a conflict of interest. Donald Trump says he can get rid of all of the millions of people who've come into this country illegally. I don't know how. How do you dig out rot at its core when its core is all rotten? I don't know. I don't know. But every single day we march along, we identify new players who we can trust on our side. And that is where we're going. I encourage you. Do not go anywhere because at the end of this program, the last four minutes is a video that you will hear that is so worthwhile. Coming up next, you know, I, it's Barack Obama's mixed messaging. It's not Joe Biden's and it's purposeful and it's obvious. And I'm going to drop it on you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. got enraptured in a video last night before I went to bed and the title of it got me hook line and sinker probably would get you too was talking about a homeowner in California opening fire on two dudes who had jumped a fence to hold him up and get whatever he had he had a, a wife and a five-month-old newborn daughter inside they picked the wrong dude to try to muscle because he had a gun and he knew how to use it. And he pulled that bad boy out like white on rice. And those dudes had nothing to... What? And he just goes, boom, 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 boom. And you just see the flashes and the guys scramble. People are firing back. Yes, metaphorically, I'm speaking now. But that was for real. Armed and ready to go and hacked off. And it was one of those... One of those fences that opens up, like the gate opens up, and the wheel moves it across, and then you pull in, and it comes back. Except it was scalable, and these two dudes in all black, over, come right up on him. He's trying to get to the front door. He's got a T in his hand. He's got his, and he throws the T, grab. I mean, not even trying. Did he? It was instinct. I've trained for this day. You have made me ready for this day. 
We have a president in Joe Biden who does not want the Israeli citizens to be able to defend themselves. Wait, what? That sounds so weird. Why would you say that? The Israeli citizens who were tortured and savagely murdered. Israel, of course, which has a very small number of of citizens who have firearms. The provisions and restrictions around them are so strict. So it's something to the effect of 4%, if I'm not mistaken. 4% of the people in Israel have guns and can use them. And so what, what do people want when their government is, is turning on them? When the angry mobs of Black Lives Matter are chanting and walking through their neighbor, neighborhoods? What is the one thing that sure makes you feel a lot more comfortable I'd be called a loaded firearm somewhere real close by to your person. Biden demands gun control for Israelis. This story, I was like, what? This is in the in the free beacon, the Washington free beacon. The Biden administration refused to sell American weapons to Israel unless it provided guarantees that the guns would not be given to civilians living in the West Bank. Really? Because the way I see it, everybody learning how to use a firearm is a lot smarter when you have the potential invasion of savage barbarians coming into your land. The Jewish state urgently requested the United States sell it thousands of M16 rifles following the Hamas terror group's October 7th slaughter of more than 1,400 unarmed Israeli citizens. But the Biden administration would not approve the sale until Israel guaranteed the official weapons would not reach civilian outposts in the West Bank. Now, why, why would they want that? Which the Biden administration and its Democratic allies view as occupied territory. The stipulation was characterized by officials as unusual and indicates the Biden administration is succumbing to pressure from its far left flank, which is pressuring Israel to enact a ceasefire and accusing the Jewish state of carrying out a genocide as it defends itself from Hamas Hamas terrorists operating in the Gaza Strip. Why are we? Why is he? negotiating any kind of parameters. I thought we were told we were allies with Israel. Well, there's more going on. And we found it somewhat intriguing considering this fellow who I've never seen before, a new White House spokes hack. And it's interesting because he looks Middle Eastern. Sounds like he is as well. Some kind of, I don't know what he is. But it sure is appropriate to march him out when we're talking about matters of Middle East war and peace. This guy is named Vedant Patel. And he says something that I think is very contrary to the Biden administration's original messaging. You are our ally and we have your back. At least that's the outward message. But now it's it's changing. Listen. (laughs) 
side, we have been um, incredibly clear to uh, our partners in Israel um, that steps uh, need to be taken uh, to address the uh, extremist violence that we have seen uh, uh, in the West Bank. Uh, and we've heard the Israeli government and the secretary has been deeply engaged in this directly as part of his travels. Uh, Making these we've we've heard the Israeli government making these commitments and understanding uh, that there is a responsibility there, and we're watching very closely to make sure that it happens. What? You don't even know what you're talking about, son. You're reading a prepared statement, and you're pretending as though you not only can read but you understand what you're saying, because what you're saying is, be careful, Israel. Don't do stuff in the West. Don't do stuff in, in Gaza that we don't want you to do. Forget that you guys were massacred. Forget all of that awful stuff that happened to you. We're watching you. So this is this was weird. And I said to Brock this morning, I'm like, there's some really weird mixed messages going on. There's an overarching mission in which human beings are just merely the casualties of war, the collateral damage. Well, it's kind of the price you pay, right? But it's odd. And so I put into the computer, I put, am I the only person? I put in Israel, Biden, mixed messages. And up comes this story from the Hill. This is not a conservative publication. Biden is sending Israel mixed messages. Well, it's not Joe Biden, it's Barack Obama. We all know that. And I want you to hear this because you're going to start hearing this narrative shift. Instead of being hook, line, and sinker, 100%, we're right behind them, Israel. They are our allies. We are with you. It's now turning to, we really don't think that you should do this. And we're going to hold you accountable. And the optics aren't going to be good. Forget what happened to you. Tit for tat doesn't work here. And we really need you to just chill out a little bit. Why? The Biden administration is increasingly sending mixed messages to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and his generals concerning the president's the presence rather of U.S. forces in the region, including the armada now positioned off the coast in the eastern Mediterranean. Do you guys know how much stuff we got sitting there ready to go? I didn't. There's a whole lot of optics going on. We're puffing out our chest. We're like a peacock. The Biden administration is the male peacock, the one with the beautiful tail. And right now they're puffing up their chest and they fanned the, the tail. And we're all supposed to be mesmerized by the beauty and the majesty. Look at all of those ships and vessels. Oh, isn't that amazing? When what's really going on is a weakling government who doesn't care about Israel. And it's clear. Recent statements from President Joe Biden, Secretary of State Blinken, Secretary of Defense Dullard Incarnate Lloyd Austin, appear to be drifting away from the original message of the buildup of U.S. forces in the region, namely, quote, to enhance our military force posture in the region, to strengthen our deterrence, and to protect Israel from attacks by Hezbollah and other Iranian-backed proxies in the region. On October 23rd, Blinken told reporters, quote, the United States is poised to get involved in the Israel-Hamas war should the conflict escalate into regional forces intentionally targeting American personnel. Seemed pretty clear, but the next day, 
October 24th at the U.N. Security Council meeting in New York City, Blinken told the assembled representatives the United States does not seek conflict in with Iran. Not so fast. We do not want war to widen. But if Iran or its proxies attack U.S. personnel anywhere, make no mistake, we will defend our people. We will defend our security swiftly and decisively. Do you know how many times U.S. forces have been attacked, whether it be in Syria or Lebanon or anywhere? 28 and counting. Well, what's the use of all of these military people? If you're just going to let our people continue to be assaulted, this is called a weak government, a weak government creating the illusion of strength. But they are weak on the world stage. We are weak on the world stage. We have a military that is more worried about your stupid pronoun than having people who actually can run at a decent clip because it's necessary in war. Well, you know, we do have that GED requirement. <laughs> eh, whatever. People aren't signing up. You're morbidly obese? That's all right. We'll take just your vax, though, right? Well, come on in, says the army. You don't think that everybody else in the world sees this? Of course they do. If I was Benjamin Netanyahu right now, I would sever ties with the United States. I know they need our money, but by golly, is it worth being lied to? Is it worth being told when the cameras are on that we've got your back only for when the real aid is needed and the citizens need to be able to defend themselves for that getting your back, having your back to come with strings? It's scary, my friends. It is very scary what is going on in this country. And it is clear that Joe Biden is not the one who is calling the shots or in charge in any respect. This is Barack Obama. This is what he wanted. This is what calling what called hating America looks like. A hundred percent. The video you cannot miss. The video you cannot miss. Courtesy of an online presence, a guy named Mays edited this video. The left saying that Donald Trump was going to weaponize the federal government. For years they told us this from 2016 to 2020. And now look what's going on today. Who's weaponized it? It is worth the price of admission. And it is next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. It's so funny that the left tries to tell you all these things that happened with Donald Trump. He's going to weaponize the federal government. He's going to use Bill Barr to go after his political enemies. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. It's a threat to democracy. They're right-wing extremists. It's MAGA nationalism. Ah. And it's so funny because none of those things is true. <laughs> and it's so tiresome, isn't it? But you've got to love people like whomever this guy online is. His name is Maze. I'm going to presume it's a guy. I have no idea. They are phenomenal. Getting all sorts of video of people like Rachel Maddow and Jake Tapper and people who are frequent flyers on this program because they suck. Saying ridiculous things about what Donald Trump was going to do. Donald Trump won, and it was knives out. That's why it was 95% crappy news coverage. They were addicted. They were afflicted. And they need another fix. But it's so funny when the flip side is the truth. And I think you're going to enjoy this. It's, it's worth every second. I hope you see the, the irony and hear the beauty in uh, the suck chickens. 
coming home to roost. Enjoy. Now that he's got the right attorney general in position to do it, we now know they really have been trying to gin up criminal prosecutions and criminal investigations into the president's perceived enemies, politically motivated persecution, right? Courtesy of Bill Barr. I'll, I'll roll in the FBI on you. That's how banana republics work, right? The home of the 45th president of the United States has been raided by the FBI. Mr. Trump is using the Justice Department to go after his perceived enemies. I feel worried about the prospect of the Justice Department being used as a tool of this president or any. In our little banana republic, any capable prosecutor can get a grand jury to hand down an indictment of something as innocent as a ham sandwich. Today, an indictment was unsealed charging Donald J. Trump. Breaking news on former President Trump. He's been indicted for the fourth time in five months. Bill Barr, on the president's behalf, is weaponizing the Justice Department to go after the president's enemies. When you win an election, you don't seek to just prosecute the losing side. The president using the Justice Department as a weapon to get what he wants. Department of Justice is totally politicized. Sticking the Department of Justice on political opponents. Threatening to imprison his political rival, Banana Republic style. Trying to exact revenge against all of his enemies. Tin pot dictator in a Banana Republic. Is acting more like a Banana Republic dictator. He's using government resources to go after his political opponent. Um, essentially, we are a Banana Republic. That we are... We are um, seeking to have a bogus in criminal investigation into a political opponent. And that's using the Department of Justice to also target Trump's political opponent for nefarious reasons. This is a massive abuse of power and a betrayal of our values. The President of the United States is targeting a family member of a political opponent. This is the type of thing that happens in a banana republic. And trying to take out a political rival in Joe Biden. Criminally investigating an American political rival, someone the president is worried about losing to in the next election. To investigate uh, my principal opponent or a principal opponent uh, in the upcoming election. Houston, we have a problem. Don't you think that's something that should be investigated when the incumbent political party opens a counterintelligence investigation on the candidate of the opposing party. We know Trump is itching to politicize the Justice Department and the Attorney General has been super shady. The president is weaponizing the Department of Justice to bring cases against his enemies. The Department of Justice is in an existential crisis. Again, it's yet another example of the Justice Department basically losing all of its independence in this administration. This is now about corrupting the next election. And for me, this was crossing the red line. The president who is actively trying to potentially steal the upcoming election. But to try to take out a political rival. The end goal being 2020. Donald Trump and his attorney general are using the Justice Department. The only difference between this and a banana republic is that Trump does not eat fruit. The 2020 election is really the last chance we have to stop our system from fully sliding into a corrupt banana republic. Bill Barr has done everything that Donald Trump has wanted him to do. Yeah. We're living in a banana republic right now. When you start using the Justice Department to go after your enemies, uh, that's, that's very, very dangerous. Donald Trump is using the Department of Justice to go after his enemies in any way that he can. Having the head of the chief federal law enforcement agency essentially working on his behalf to to investigate a political rival. To investigate a the, the family of a political opponent. Basically, Banana Republic behavior. We're, we're no better than some, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. some Banana Republic. And he's using the abuse of power and every element of the, the presidency to try to do something to smear me. Um, 
we just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by uh, if we uh, if he does run. <laughs> You're welcome. My goodness, my cheeks hurt. It was four minutes of Adam Schiff, Rachel Maddow, Don Lemming, Joy Reid, Jamie Raskin, Kareem Jean-Pierre, Joy Behar, Anderson Cooper, Ted Lieu, Joe Scarborough, and a cast of other morons. It is beautiful. We cannot lose sight of the humor and the joy that comes from exposing people who suck. And it is delicious no matter how it happens, when it happens, that we can do that. Look, people know. That New York Times Siena College poll shows that black men, black men are counteracting two to one the votes of triggered, woke, college-educated, white, liberal, suburban women. And I think that is fabulous. So look, I understand. All these things we talk about, the the weaponization of the IRS. That's another subject we can talk about tomorrow. The weaponization of the Department of Homeland Security. Everything that the Department of Justice has done to go after people like you and me. And of course, Donald Trump. It's so clear. And they know it's clear. And like sands through the hourglass, their time be running out. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you back tomorrow. Same time, same place.